All right, everybody. Woo, Pride Fest. Pride yes. Fest is here. Andrew, I'm really glad we could, we we, uh, we got this booth. Yeah, it's Pride totally Fest. paying off. We're meeting some of the most fascinating people. Oh, yeah, passing out buttons. We're passing out some like, cool little postcards for the show. And Oh, oh my God. Ru- RuPaul is here? RuPaul? What are you even doing here? Oh, my gosh. RuPaul, do you listen to our show? What do you think about it? <laughs> oh. Wow. Okay. Okay, thanks. Not everyone's a fan. Yeah, that's we, it's okay. We appreciate you. We still love you, Rue. Love go, you. Go, Rue. You know what, though? Even, okay, first of all, how cool is that to meet Rue? I know. I can't believe she's number, here. Yeah, right. And number two, like, it's still great that we're here. It's been a great day, full of pride. This is amazing. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. J- Jonathan Van Ness, he's here, too. Oh, my God. From Queer Eye. This is amazing. He jo- has to listen to our show. Jonathan, have you listened to any of the show yet? Do you like it? Tell us. Basic, basic. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This is this is depressing. Maybe this isn't. Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we shouldn't. Here ever. <laughs> this was this a mistake? What the fuck is that? No is that? fucking way. That is Vice President Mike Pence. Okay, number one. Listen, we didn't think you would even ever be here. You right. suck. Yeah. And there's no way you listen to our show. Is there, any, is there anything? Is there anything? Is there anything you want to say to us? I don't think all gay people are bad. I just think all bad people are gay. Okay. We kind of knew that already, but... Didn't really expect to see him here. However, that statement was not surprising. Okay. Great. Wow. Well, Another I, I great think pride fest down maybe here. we should just move on just and start the, show. start the episode. That's fine. All right. It's episode 18, everybody. Get ready. Second annual pride episode. some bad hombres here and we're gonna get them out bing bing bong bong bing 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 i love china hi i'm wanna play i just want them to suffer I joined Donald Trump on the Republican ticket because I believe he has the right leadership and the right vision to make America great again. Since 2017, a majority of Democrats turned into alt-left radical psychos. We'll get back to them later. I will build a great, great wall. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. Do you understand that? Turn the freaking frogs Folks, it's June, which of course is Pride Month, the time of the year when we all celebrate the LGBTQ community, and corporate America celebrates them by selling us limited edition Rainbow Goodyear tires. Yas, traction. But not everyone is celebrating Pride Month. For instance, a group in Boston has sparked outrage by announcing plans to host a straight Pride Parade this summer. Now, if you're wondering... If you're wondering the difference between the gay pride parade and the straight pride parade, the gay pride parade will have women at it. 
All right, welcome everybody. It's episode 18 of Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. My name is Andrew. And I'm Maddie. And if you've never joined us before, this is the podcast where we talk about horror in real life and horror in media. You are joining us on a very special episode because it's our second annual Pride episode. Yay, very excited. So welcome to being gay, everybody. It's here. We're it's queer. queer. It's queer. <laughs> It's time to... You should be used to it by it's now. It's time to have some fear <laughs> uh, you know, for a horror podcast. I'm, yeah, we're really happy to be back with everybody. Um, we've had a really great time this year. Um, 2019 has been a lot of fun for Friday the 13th. Um, we've learned a lot over... You know, Now we're way over a year into podcasting, and it's just been a fantastic ride. We've, we've met so many people. And we've met so many LGBT people along yeah, the way. Which was not expected, I don't think. Not at all. Um, and, you know, we did our, our Pride episode last year, which we had a lot of fun with. We told you some personal stories from our own lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year, we're really excited to share um, in this segment some some real-life stories from a lot of our other friends, um, most of whom are, are – out. Well, actually, are they all – all of them are, aren't they, when I think about it, right? Yeah. Yeah, everyone that we're sharing, whose, whose stories we're sharing, I should say – um are they're all uh fellow queer podcasters so we're really happy to share those with you it's gonna Pretty be a lot exciting. of fun yeah so look forward to that in this episode but we got some stuff to talk about before we get to that point yeah because being gay in the usa is not always everything it's cracked up to be not at all it's not all will and grace and queer eye fantastic it's comes with a lot of weight and a lot of responsibility, not only responsibility to ourselves, but responsibility to our community. Without a doubt. Um, and we need to understand that we represent a portion of people that are still scrutinized to this day. Yeah. Um, and I think there are a couple of things that have come out in the news recently that we could probably talk about. But for sure. Um, in accordance to kind of just that overall being gay in the USA. I mean, but, it's, yeah, a, it's a daily life that we live just like everybody else. Yeah. Um, I, that has an extra layer on it. And I, th- I think maybe one thing to start with is um, is just thinking about how much of the country, um, and I mean this like just by land mass, like, yeah, like, sure. like, like, like states. Like literally, states, yeah. Like literally the majority of the country. Um, it is still legal to fire someone because of their gender identity or their sexual orientation. It is still legal to deny somebody housing or evict them mm-hmm. because of their sexual orientation or their gender identity. And it is still legal to um, refuse uh, entry Services. or service mm-hmm. in a public accommodation. Those are things like movie theaters, banks, um, cafes, restaurants, whatever. Uh, Bake be- shops, we're yeah, looking at you. Right, yeah, bakeries <laughs> especially, right? Um, because of someone's sexual orientation or their gender identity. Um, in 28 states, that is mm-hmm. the case. Um, it is pretty incredible to me how many people don't know that mm-hmm. and how, especially how many LGBT people don't know that. It's well, yeah, insane to me. It's really easy, though, when you, like, let's say you grew up in Chicago. Right. Like, let's say you grew up in a very, like, progressive area. Obviously, we didn't come here until we were adults. But you would think that, oh, everything's everything's fine, yeah. you know, because you haven't lived the other person's life. Exactly. Uh, but I think what you'll hear from some of our messages later from people from all over the U.S. is that it's not that way for everybody. Right. And um, I don't know, check your privilege, I guess, when you do live in a, in a progressive time. area because there's other people out there that you still need to fight for. Yeah, well, and, and it's your community in general, right? I mean, like, if this is, if you are an LGBT person and you're not dedicating... 
I'm not saying I'm not saying you have to go overboard like I do. Yeah, of course. You know, but not if, everyone has time, right? Yeah. And if <laughs> you're, I mean, even I don't. But if you're not dedicating a portion of what you do in your life and in your time to talking about the things that are that are facing your uh, LGBT siblings, you need to check it because yeah. you need to. Yeah. Um, like never before do we have to talk about these things. Like never before. Our our um, our rights certainly, but also like our very lives, our like yeah. bodies are in danger. Um, and mind you, we've come a long way. But sure. if you stop here, there's only one way to go, and that's back. It, precisely because like, if if you think that marriage was where all this ends, you're so wrong. Yeah. Um. And you know you you know you may like us right now live in Chicago or like in Denver mm-hmm. or I don't know like in you know San Francisco right. or somewhere somewhere cool. L. A. Like but New York. What happens if the day comes where you have to move to somewhere where you don't where you're not protected? Well, let's talk about one of those places. Let's talk about. Let's it. talk about Alabama. Alabama. Wow. You're you're having a rough time, Alabama. Let's just say I mean, that it's basically handmaid's tale there right now like it is gilead like that's going to be like where gilead begins in america right. let's face it and it's fact. not only tough for gay people there it's also tough for women oh my god totally. it's also tough for anyone that has to make a life-altering decision and also like black people in alabama have of course really i don't think ever had it good right so like it's it's not a great place so i'm talking about um the alabama mayor of carbon hill yeah, have what's, you heard the, of, what's this piece of shit's name his name is mark chambers oh, he's man. such a such a peach what a what, um, what a piece of fucking shit i'll tell you that right so away. let me just read to you his uh his his facebook post that has since been taken down but thankfully um they, they someone you know grabbed it before oh, yeah. they took it down the, listen listen folks i i work in social media now i can tell you this right now if you ever put out a message you should think about this nothing disappears nothing keep going okay his post reads We live in a society where homosexuals lecture us on morals, transvestites lecture us on human biology, baby killers lecture us on human rights, and socialists lecture us on economics. So there's that portion of it. Okay, what did he say next? Well, on to have a discourse between him and what he thinks uh, is a private message to one of his supporters. Yeah, what he thinks, by the way. Come on, where have you been? Um, by giving the minority mar- more rights than the majority, I hate to think of where this country and my grand my country my grandkids will live in unless somehow we change. And I think that will take a revolution. He goes wow. on to say, the only way to change it would be to kill the problem out. I know that's bad to say, but without killing them out, there's no way to fix it. You know, I have heard from um, LGBT people recently that, uh, you know, things are fine. Uh, Equality is here or something along those lines. You listen to an elected official like mm-hmm. that in America. That's who, the one that, who, by the way, in, who's been their mayor for more than four years. Yeah, and, and by the way, he's not getting thrown out of office. Like, no, no, nothing, nothing's, not. nothing's happening to him right now. Someone just caught him. There's literally an elected official calling for people to kill us. If you honestly think that America is like a okay with LGBT equality right now, you have a fucking screw loose mm-hmm. and Mark chambers, you will never listen to the show. But if by the grace of God, one of your relatives or your friends hear this, I want you to know that I would literally beat the fuck out of you. <laughs> if you ever came near me, you piece of fucking garbage. You are disgusting. You are a, an ugly, gross, 
old white man and I don't like you and you're disgusting. Well, the thing that is really... Old people are fine, by the way. I didn't mean that to be derogatory. <laughs> um, the one thing that really, I think you hit it on the head is that this is not just some crazy pants guy on YouTube. No, he's a fucking mayor. Like, this is a mayor of a city. Uh, somebody that is speaking for that community. And that's the scary part. I mean, imagine if, I mean, well, not even imagine. There are, what town is that again? Uh, it is Carbon Hill. Carbon Hill. I mean, I have, I listen, I have no idea where the fuck that is. I don't know how many people live there. It's a northern Alabama town of about 2,000 people. Okay, so, you know, 2,000 people is, a, is, is not a small number for, right. for a small town in rural America, right? 2,000 people is actually kind of, kind of good. Um, so, you know, it's a nearly a guarantee that there are LGBT people that live there. There's at least one or two, yeah. for sure. Or adjacent. Or adjacent, you know, very close by. Yeah. You know, it's it, th- somebody in that town has heard about this. And do you know what fear they're living with right now? Right. Because the mayor said this. And if he's the mayor, he's been the mayor for over four years, like like you said, you, he must have just been reelected. Mm-hmm. Like, how many of his friends are out there right. talking the same bullshit? There is, and this is one small example of, of, of America and, and the fear that we still have to live with and why people like me and Andrew go to places like Chicago because like we, we don't want to live with that fear. Right. You know, in Chicago, I can live here relatively fear free, except, of course, you know, we talked before about when you went to Dunkin' Donuts very close to here mm-hmm. and you had a very, uh, you know, terrifying thing happen to you. Yeah. Well, and that's just, I mean, just for instance, just the other week, a lesbian couple was beat up on a bus in London. In London. Like, and if you've never been to London before, it's one of the most cosmopolitan, diverse places you'll ever be in your life. And they were fucking savagely beaten mm-hmm. by teenage boys because. The lesbian couple that they were, they wouldn't kiss for the boys for their own entertainment. Yeah, they beat the fuck out of them. That's in London, mm-hmm. and it's it's happening everywhere. People, I think a lot of people are really turning a blind eye to the savageness that is being awoken or uh, awakened, whatever. Yeah, um, by this this fucking Trump revolution that 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 has occurred right it it allowed white supremacy to to rise and with white supremacy you're going to get other things too you're going to get islamophobia you're going to get anti-semitism you're going to get homophobia for sure. sexism transphobia it's it's all over the place and it's really unfortunate and we're seeing this more and more um again in the news recently uh according you know to our to our gay agenda if you will yeah. uh we now have two uh, guys in boston that want to throw a straight pride parade how do you feel about a straight pride parade um i mean are you asking me right now yeah oh let me tell you how i feel um, I feel like straight people can kiss my ass. <laughs> um, like, no offense. If you're straight, like, we, and you listen to our show, we, we love you. As long as truly. you're a good person, I um, don't care. But, like, motherfucker, like, you know what a straight pride parade is? Every, it's, it's every fucking day. Yeah. Like, a straight pride parade is a walk to the train. A straight right. pride parade is, like, you know, watching fucking, like, keeping up with the Kardashians. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's a straight pride parade. I think you, the best reaction that I heard was, um, you don't know what a straight pride parade is? Traffic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, what on earth are you marching about? Like, right. you know, it's, it's, um, you're missing the point. I, and it, like, there is like a part of me. I had this, I had this ridiculous argument on Twitter with some motherfucker who had like 16 followers. Like why I was arguing with him, I don't know, but I just, <laughs> I felt like it that day. And he was, he was trying to like throw back at me, like the love is love thing. And like, shouldn't everybody be allowed to be proud of who they are? And I was like, that makes absolutely no fucking sense. You Stri- already get to. It's, it's not, it's not about like you being proud as a straight person. Like, mm-hmm. It's you don't have any oppression uh, lobbed at you because of who you love. 
And, you know, like, think about it, you know, like, everything for straight people is so, um, it's so safe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, for us, relationships and the way that we form them, it has always been dangerous and it continues to be dangerous today. Yeah. There is no safe way for us to even form a relationship with Well, each I mean, other. think about Matthew Shepard. Matthew Shepard was out at a bar and he thought he was making friends with these guys yeah. at a bar and they took him out into a field, tied him to a fence post and beat him to death. Sure. I mean, and there's, there's plenty, you know, there are more ways than ever now after Matthew Shepard for us to meet each other. Right. With a, with the swipe of a finger or the, you know, the click of a profile or, you know, whatever. We can meet each other whenever we want, however we want. But even those things are fraught with danger. You have you know, to think. Yeah, yeah. And there are plenty of stories now about straight people using grinder, using scruff, to using those people. kind of things mm-hmm. to bait people. Mm-hmm. And then they come and they just fucking beat the shit out of you and they rob you. And those mm-hmm. stories happen all the time. And there are plenty of them that we never hear because people are too ashamed to talk about it. Right. So, you know, it's still dangerous for us to even like go out and seek that kind of love. Mm-hmm. And as we see the disappearance of, of queerness within like bars and things like that, as we see, you know, gay areas of town kind of shrink and just become straight areas again, basically, mm-hmm. that look prettier, um, you know, we're losing more and more our chances for connection, our chances for really good engagement coming together. Sure. It's, it's sort of, um, I don't know, it's, it's, a, it's a weird new... It's a weird new place that we're in yeah. as, as LGBT people, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, um, you know, we, we want it to be normalized, but we also want it to be recognized. You know what I mean? Is that well, a does statement make any sense? <laughs> no, I, I think it makes total sense because, you know, wh- I think what you really mean by recognize is that you want to... Um, you want the same stuff that everybody else has, right? Yeah, of course. And like what that mayor was saying, like about like how when you give the minority more rights than than the majority, I, I I almost feel bad for him because he doesn't really understand what it is. Yeah, and he's so stupid that he doesn't understand that it's not about us getting any more rights. It's about us getting the exact same rights that you have now. Right. We don't want anything special. Yeah. I mean, for instance, I'm from Michigan. Yeah. And Michigan recently passed a law that tells adoption agencies that they can discriminate on the um on their on religion yeah and then religion becomes because you're a, a you're gay yeah. that's against my religion right. so i don't have to service you by helping you out with adoptions so <sighs> just think about that think about all of the money the time the effort everything that you have to go to for an adoption because yeah. i'm going to tell you right now it's a hell of a lot. It's a lot. And I, I applaud all those, the straight people and the gay people that have taken people in from the foster system and done that whole thing because it yeah. is crippling. Yeah. The amount of money that we put into that system yeah. that does not work. Yeah. And now you're saying, nope, not for you. Just because you're married to a, a, a man or a woman. Just because you love someone that you fell in love with. That's the scary part. And if you don't get that, that's where you're going to have a problem. Yeah. Like, just think about that. Your basic human rights of going outside and going to a Starbucks. Right. You stand the chance that if you're too gay or too effeminate or too masculine, if you're a woman, that you could face oppression. Yeah, sure. And I think that's what people don't get. There's a, they, there's they, a constant there's a constant fear in the back of your head. Like, is today the day someone's going to punch me in the face? Sure. I mean, I think you had a friend that just was assaulted yeah. at, a, at a pride. Yeah. I, um, his, his name is Josh. He's, he's on a podcast called Two Beer Queers. 
Uh, he lives in D.C. and I just I just read this yesterday. Um, but he, uh, you may have heard. Oh, I should say, you know how we work here. Um, you, you never hear it quite when we're 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 uh, recording it. But uh, Josh uh, was at D.C. Pride, Capital Pride. And they had heard, yesterday there was like a shooter that that, that people it was like uh, were rumors. hearing about. It was a rumor of a shooter at, at DC Pride, and so he was like walking away from the parade, and he was texting his friends. And while he um, was texting his friends about like being careful about a shooter being in the area, um, he said that he heard some man say like I could smack any of these queers right now. It'd be so easy. Um, and then like almost as soon as he heard that, the guy slapped him and like hit him. And you know, Josh, you know, put up a photo on Twitter, and it was it was terrifying to see, absolutely terrifying. And Josh so, is he's he's a sweetheart. Um, I can't imagine somebody doing that to him. Um, but in Trump's America, I can, and yeah. here it is. And I, you know, I should also say, like, it's not just Trump's America. Like, this is the America that it's we've been, been living America. In. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, look, I love Barack Obama, but even Barack Obama took like an awfully long time to, to evolve come on mm-hmm. marriage or whatever the fuck that means. So, like, you know, there's. There, there's a lot that's wrong that has been wrong for so long. And, um, you know, once again, if you are really not aware of what the laws are in this country, I, I really recommend you go do some research. There's a great website called the Movement Advancement Project, mm-hmm. lgbtmap.org. Go there and learn about really what a patchwork of laws exist in this country and how, you know, like I live in Chicago just fine. If I go right over the border to Indiana, not that far away, mm-hmm. less than an hour away, I don't have any of the protections that I have here. And so, you know, it's it's a terrifying thing for us often. We talk about this in our travel episode, too, mm-hmm. that we talked about earlier in the year. Um, you know, we never know where we're safe. We right. never know what's what's actually right for us and what's wrong. When am I allowed to hold the hand of my husband? Right. Because you might be kicked out. Or, you know, like another thing to think about, too is especially as LGBT people get older now, you know, mm-hmm. now we we are out of the AIDS crisis. We are out of a lot of um, a lot of other crises that sort of like kept us in check for so long. Yeah, so defined now, the community for right. a long time. Now there are going to be more elder LGBT people than ever, mm-hmm. very very soon. It's going to be a problem in housing when they try to go get housing mm-hmm. because there are going to be so many places that are allowed to discriminate against them. And especially when you're old, like you just need to get housing. Like right. very few of us will have enough money for like like fancy retirement homes. Right. We're going to have to go places maybe we don't want to go. I, I don't know about you. That terrifies me looking forward to the yeah, future. Of course. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. you know, there's there's a lot that we have to be thankful for. We have, I think, more allies than ever. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's a lot that we are striving for and a lot that we have overcome and um, really made people aware and not afraid to speak yeah. out. So I'm, I'm very thankful for how far we've come. Oh, I just, totally. It, it's one of those things um, when I was a teenager, just kind of realizing my sexuality, I never thought that we would be able to get married. Never. So Never did I think that. I mean, there are those things that we have done, and I'm I'm so thankful for those people that have done that for oh us. Oh my god, yes! But we have to continue, and we have to persist, and we have to. The forward momentum can only carry you so far until you have to get in the fight. Yeah, you know, so, oh, without a doubt. But do you know? Um, do you know about the Equality Act? Can you tell me about yeah, it? Yeah, sure. The Equality Act. It was just passed by the House of Representatives. Um, it's, it's, it's in the Senate now, Lord knows what the Republicans controlling sure. the Senate, what's going to happen. 
Um, but if you don't know about the Equality Act, I think that you should go search it. It's been it's been a thing that we've been thinking about for years now in the, in the community. Um, all the things that we were talking about earlier about housing, about yeah. employment, about public accommodations, the Equality Act would take care of that nationwide. Nice. It's one giant band-aid that just takes care of the entire problem. So if you you know live in a place where you think your senator is kind of waffling on it, you need to call your senator like today mm-hmm. and demand that they, you know, support the Equality Act. Tell your friends and family to do the same thing. And share call your them personal stories with them. Exactly. Like, Don't just tell them, but tell them why it's important to you. Mm-hmm. They have to learn that. I think a lot of times we, we really would be surprised to learn how a personal story can really change somebody's uh, point of view. We've talked about it a lot on this show. Representation is, is so important. And speaking your truth and your personal stories really do have an effect on people because yeah. then it's not just an idea anymore. You know, it's it's that, a thing. That fucking mayor of Carbon Hill, Alabama, right? Mm-hmm. That mayor, I can guarantee you, he doesn't know any, he doesn't know anybody that he, that he thinks is gay right. or transgender. Right. He's probably met them before. He knows that probably deep down in his heart, but he doesn't have any of his friends. No, none of, none of them are in his family. If one person that knew him finally just came out of the closet and just talked to him about it, I bet he'd change his mind. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's, that's how we win. Yeah. We win by conversations. We win by changing people's minds. I mean, that's why, you know, that's the, why the whole term, I mean, coming out of the closet really exists. Yeah. It's, it's finally sharing your experience, right. your story. Right. But that's just for another time. It's true. Yeah. And, and we do want to encourage anyone that is thinking about coming out, make sure that it's good for you. Yeah. Um, there's no rush, but we want you to come into this community because it's beautiful. Right. And um, we encourage you to share your story and be yourself. And you know, if you, if you, if any of you out there are having any trouble with your family or with your friends or with your job or with any, or with anything, uh, and you want to talk about it, as always, we're always here for you. We love to hear from people that listen to us. Yeah. You can email us at frygay13 at gmail.com. You can message us on Twitter or on Facebook. We'd love to talk to you. Absolutely. Um, let us know if you're, if, you're in, uh, if you're in pain, if you're in trouble, and if you need someone to talk to, we'd be happy to be, that, um, to be those people that, uh, or at least that you an, can talk with. at least an ear. Exactly, you know, for sure. You need to get something off your chest. We're but. here for it. We're ready for you. So I think that takes us into our next segment pretty easily. Yeah, sure. Um, we did reach out to some of our fellow queer podcasters and queer friends and family, and we got a, a great amount of uh, feedback, and um, we want to take some time to play some of their messages. Yeah. Um, they're and, going to be edited, so we won't get the full message, but I think what we're planning on doing is releasing those full unedited yeah. messages later on this month. It's literally 34 minutes, so yeah. we're gonna, <laughs> it wouldn't fit into this segment, but we're going to play some highlights yeah, and we just want to say thank you to all those people that did uh, do that you for so us. Much. Thank you. Um, and uh, you're going to hear a little bit of that, and then that will take you into what you've been watching, bitch. Hi, this is Brock from Cocktail Party Massacre, and I am LGBTQ proud. Hi, my name is Patrick Walsh, and I'm the host of Scream Queens, where horror gets gay. Hi, my name is Rob. And I am an LGBTQ proud. Hey guys, this is Robert, and I am a proud member of the LGBTQ community. Hi, my name is Seth from the Thanks for Coming podcast. Hi, this is Jamal, and I'm Stony. 
Hello, this is Vanessa from the VD Clinic podcast. Hi, my name is Tom and I am LGBTQ proud. My personal heart in real life story about being gay, especially in the American South, um, is that when I was in kindergarten, uh, before I even really know, knew what sexuality was, I was on the school bus uh, leaving school and this fifth grader came up and he took off my snow cap and he threw it out the window and he called me a faggot. Uh, my older sister happened to be on the bus and uh, she clocked him. And that was awesome. Well, uh, cut to a few days later, and I was with my sister in the back of my family's minivan. We were probably going as a family somewhere shopping. And, you know, she and I were not in our seats. We were actually crouched down uh, behind the seats in front of us in the floorboard. And we were talking. And I asked her, you know, what does faggot mean? And my sister said, well, that's when a guy is, well, I can't remember exactly what she said, but she essentially said, that's when a guy loves other guys. And I was like, oh, you know, innocently. I was like, oh, yeah, well, I am a faggot then. And she looks over at me, and I remember this very clearly. She says, don't ever tell anyone that. And um, I know she said it out of love, and I know she said it to protect me, but that really influenced the way I lived my life. Right now, it's being voted on whether or not LGBTQ people have rights, have the same rights as any other American. And the president of the United States just came out against it and says, I don't, and you don't, and we don't, that we are less than people. And this scares me. When you combine this with everything that's going on with these abortion laws that are passing, the laws that saying that we don't have to treat gay doctors don't have to treat gay people for religious exemption reasons, this scares me. This I see the clock going back. I have been through the tide of HIV from the beginning of it to where we are right now, and I am not only LGBTQ proud, I am HIV proud. This year, I am officially a 15-year survivor of HIV AIDS. And yes, I did have a full AIDS diagnosis in 2005. But right now I am healthy as can be. I am healthy. My doctor says I am healthier than 99.5% of the people that I pass on the street on any given day. And that is because of the advances in medication, which I am now afraid is going to be cut off for so many of us soon. My personal horror in real life is when I came out to my mother. Uh, this is back when I was 22, so this is over a decade. And uh, she received the news that I was gay from my aunt, who then um, wanted to talk to me about it. And I didn't know how she was going to react, but I didn't hear any sort of negative response with her telling my mom so I called her with a lot of optimism and a little bit of excitement to finally be able to talk to somebody very very close to me about something that I had just discovered myself and the minute I got on the phone with her she just starts lashing out at me she starts yelling at me she starts telling me some very very horrible things 
I'm guaranteed to get AIDS. I have no sense into what it is that I want or what I'm doing. And that I clearly am just doing this for attention. It's because I can't get girls and I'm lonely. And so basically, I just don't have one shred of smarts or intelligence or the fact that I can't think for myself um, in deciding to be gay. And so I told her that this is, you know, not a phase. This is who I am. And this is who I'm going to be for the rest of my life. This is going to be a part of me. And she just wouldn't let up and so we ended the conversation I didn't speak to her for a very long time I currently live in Texas I grew up in Texas and I've spent most of my adult life here and I think that most of the country knows that we can get a little backwards down here in our laws uh, when it comes to women or the gay community And I sort of live in fear that something ridiculous is going to be passed on a state or, you know, city government level to interfere with the life that I've lived. I've lived most of my life as an openly gay man. I'm currently married to a man. And I would hate to see something hinder that in a law that's passed from these local government levels. And, um, you know, and I don't want to have to uproot my entire life to move to a more tolerant state or things like that. I really feel that I should be accepted just being here in Texas for who I am. My personal horror in real life is feeling like an outsider in my own community. We are often alienated by society, but tear down our own members instead of building them up. I was bullied when I was young and questioning my sexuality. I still feel bullied to this day, but typically feel the pressure to conform to a stereotypical physique, biceps, abs, and butts. Oh my. Beauty fades, but an open-minded attitude and kindness lasts forever. You know, our experiences are different just because we're all queer, we're all gay, lesbian, trans, non-binary, whoever. We're all under the rainbow. It doesn't mean we were having the same experience, so... What we what it comes down to is I never really felt like I truly belonged in my community. You grow up with your family and it's like, cool, that's my family. I know that they love me, but they just don't understand. But there's still kind of like a void there until, you know, flash forward 15, 16 years. And you're in a much better place with your parents than you were then, maybe. But um, yeah, just not fitting in and... It's really easy to go to a deep, dark place when you feel alone with something like that. Yeah, and I think that's um, kind of why, like, I'm so hopeful because, like, growing up um, in southern Indiana and kind of, you know, an area where it's maybe not so accepting is that, um, you know, you grow up not wanting to, or I at least grew up not wanting to be gay and, like, kind of, like, a lot of like you know there's like a lot of self-shame because you're in an area where it's not accepting and I think the older that I've gotten it's more like how wonderful is it that we have our own community I want to tell you a little about the importance of pride for me I grew up mostly in Alabama and granted it was the quote-unquote 
liberal part of Alabama because of its sizable Catholic population. It was still the Bible Belt, you know, and there was still an area of bigotry of all kinds. Well, because of my Catholic upbringing and the patriarchy, let's face it, I didn't want to come out to myself for a long time, even though in retrospect, I knew. But I did eventually come out at 19 when I was attending a Jesuit college in Mobile. It was important for me to speak my truth, but a lot of days were terrifying. This was the early 90s, and our country, our, the county that I lived in had the country's highest rate of HIV cases. And, well, like I said, it was just bigotry of all kinds. But it was my activism around HIV prevention and women's rights that gave me the strength to come out as queer and to fight for the LGBTQ community. While I was down there, I was spat upon at rallies while the FBI had to hold back the KKK and militia members. And still, you know, I felt I had to speak my truth loud. So my personal horror in real life story is that time when my mother voted for Donald Trump in the U.S. presidential election. (laughs) Scary, I know, but it did happen. And the reason why it threw me for such a loop was because my mom had always been so super supportive from the moment that I came out. I came out under really stressful circumstances during college, uh, which is another horror in real life story of its own for another time and another place. But her support through that situation really got me through everything. Flash forward to three or four relationships after that, she was great with every single guy that I ever brought home. Uh, Even up to the relationship I have with my current husband was super supportive when I got engaged to him. And so when it came time to go to the voting polls and she told me that she was voting for Donald Trump, that really upset me. And I sat down with her and I made sure she understood that she was choosing Mike Pence in addition to choosing Donald Trump. And she said she understood that. And then I gave her a whole litany of everything that Pence has done and had done as governor of Indiana and and said to her, so are you still going to do this? And she did. And I got to tell you, that put such a strain on our relationship. I would nonetheless get death threats uh, late at night. Uh, You know, someone would call and sadly, often my dad would answer. And, you know, when my dad answered, you know, uh, someone, a man usually, probably someone from our soccer team from our high school would say, uh, basically say, you know, your son's a faggot and we're going to kill him. Uh, There was a, a, a gentleman who came out actually a year uh, a year before these death threats, uh, and he actually left school. I don't even know if he ever graduated. He pretty much came out. They threatened to basically hang him from a tree, and he dropped out. So that is my horror in real life story about what it was like being gay in the South in, uh, well, the 90s, basically, the uh, the 80s and the 90s. And uh, I do think, think things are a lot better now, but we have a long ways to go. 
And while I am proud of who I am now, don't be like who I was 15, 20 years ago. Don't stick your head in the sand. Don't make it somebody else's problem to keep you negative. Respect yourself more than I did back then. Because what I'm afraid of is that all of a sudden HIV testing is going to get harder and harder to get. Access to medication is going to get harder to get. Or maybe if you get tested, you get put on a list or something like that. Who knows what's coming? Love yourself enough to take care of yourself right now before they take it away from us, which they just might. Even though it's very slow healing, me and my mom are okay. We have been talking we have been getting along. She actually did say out loud in her own words, I have a gay son. And that meant so much to me for her to say that. And so that is why I have hope. And I will continue to have hope. And hopefully the world gets better. But I am also proud and hopeful for my community because it's okay to be different. And that's something we can celebrate I have hope for a day where our community can be a bit more inclusive to everyone, no matter what shape, size, or person that you love. After all, love is love is love. Or as RuPaul Charles says, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen? I'm hopeful because a lot of that has changed. We're not perfect as a community, but there's still a lot to learn. I think there's a big awareness now which is very productive everyone's very more cautious of pronouns and making sure they're respecting individuals and making sure people feel welcome so yeah it's definitely all good because unfortunately we're still having to fight for legal equality for all lesbian gay bisexual trans gender non-conforming queer intersex two-spirited and other people that make up this beautiful, awesome rainbow. As long as we are treated as lesser than, or we are legally unequal, we must fight. And not only are we living in a time where many equalities that we have been gained in the last 30 years are being overturned, We never had full equality everywhere in the U.S. and in the world. And I say this not as a scare tactic, um, because I am hopeful. And I do say it to say that, (laughs) to bring it to this show, we all have the potential to be the metaphoric final girl and start kicking butt against the real-life horror villains, be they politicians, anti-LGBTQ spiritual zealots, or just some jerk on the street shouting homophobic or transphobic slurs. We as LGBTQ people need to live our lives genuinely, and we and our allies need to fight back against bigotry. Voting is a huge part of that. I can't stress it enough. But there's protesting. And, you know, even if you can't make it to a protest yourself, post that information on social media. Sign petitions. Do anything you can. Just don't sit idly by 
and try to make everyone aware of this. And again, just genuinely be you. Okay, happy Pride. Thanks. Friday the 13th in and of itself, that gives me hope too, to know that there's, there's, there's an outlet for people, that there's a way for people to find stories by and for people just like themselves. No one's really alone, you just have to do some digging, and other people who are like you are out there struggling through the same things that you're going through. And that is really comforting in, in a world that can be really dark sometimes. Welcome back to Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. I'm Maddie. And I'm Andrew. And we're back with one of our favorite segments to do, and one of Brock's favorites. I always love calling out Brock. I just love to. <laughs> um, it is What You've Been Watching, Bitch. What You've Been Watching, Bitch. So this is where we tell you what we've been watching, bitch. <laughs> um, and so we're going to start off with Andrew telling us what he's been watching. Tell us. So the first one I want to start with is a Netflix original movie. Uh, just came out a couple weeks ago. It is called The Perfection. Ooh, was it perfect? Have you seen it yet? Not yet. Okay. So I, do, has... I have a funny story about this, though. So okay. Keep, keep talking. Uh, it has Alison Williams in the lead role. Really? And um, Steven Weber is also in it, of Wings fame. Of Wings? <laughs> I was going to say, what else has he been? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, uh, it is basically the tale of a woman who was a child prodigy uh, cellist hmm. and she has to drop out of her program to take and care is of that her. Allison Williams? Mm-hmm. Okay. To take care of her sick mother um, and another girl kind of comes up through the ranks after her and this is kind of her rejoining the ranks and huh. befriending that girl and then things go crazy from there and I don't want to give anything away because wow. it is a twist upon twist upon twist movie. Wow. Uh, it really worked for me. I really liked it quite a bit. Um, it's done really well. There's some I, I, there's some just like crazy ass shit that I've happens heard, in this yeah. movie. It's insane. Um, I don't it didn't work for I watched it with Michael and didn't work yeah. for him as much. Yeah. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. So I'd highly encourage watching The Perfection. Very quick little brief story about this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know our friend Emily, mm-hmm. Emily um, B who is now Emily G after yeah. her marriage. Um, she texted me um, uh, right after that came out, and she said, "She's like, oh, you should do a podcast on perfection." <laughs> and I wrote back to her, I was like, "Oh, that that would be a good. What idea do you for, mean, for, like body positivity? A, yeah, <laughs> I was like, that'd be a good idea for a podcast. Like, like I could talk so much about like different like different parts of like perfection and how that like affects our society, blah blah blah." And then like the next day, she was like, "No, I meant the movie, the the perfection." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh God, I didn't know what you're fucking talking about." So we've been laughing about that. We'll just add it to the idea list, right? We'll exactly. Do it. <laughs> sure. But what, what's something you've been watching? Um, uh, top on mind for um, uh, for me and for I bet a lot of our listeners is the new season of Black Mirror. Yeah. Season five. I'm not there yet. Um, I'm a little behind. So it's it's three episodes. But that's um, not the whole season, right? That's the whole season. Oh. That's it. I thought they were going to release more. But maybe they are, but I, I'm not entirely sure. Um, is the, uh, they might be thinking about Bandersnatch kind of as part of season five. Oh. Maybe. Is the one with Miley Cyrus? Yes. On there? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, this is a this is a different season of Black Mirror. Oh, I won't give away anything, of course. But yeah, it's, it's I haven't three, seen it. So. Three episodes um, that are I don't know. It's it's been a little controversial. I've been hearing, um, you know, for me, I was kind of mixed on it myself. Okay. I love Black Mirror, um, but a lot of people have. There's a lot of opinions yeah. right now. Um, what's interesting about this particular season, I think, is that 
Um, it feels a little bit closer to our time than most of the other seasons. Okay, it's a little more real. Yeah, so it's a little. It's it's almost like, like modern um, technology. Is yeah, playing it's, a it's it's almost like it's almost like this is like a prequel to Black Mirror in oh, a lot of ways. Okay, like in some ways, I don't know if that makes any sense. I don't know. It's it's different. All I mean, watch it. Are you are you overall positive or negative on it? I'm like I'm like seventy percent positive. Okay. I mean, that's um, decent. I liked the episodes. I watched them. I think that they have some good things to say. You know, one thing that I tweeted out last week that I, I'm, I'm remembering right now is that this is a, it's a pretty sad season. Like, it's just... Well, I mean, they all kind of are. Yeah, but, like, usually they're, like, a little bit more scary. This season, for me, was just kind of, like, that's sad. Well, that's... I mean, honestly, that's the hard time... That's the hard thing I have with Black Mirror is that it's a hard thing for me to binge because yeah. it is so... It's depressing. Dark. Yeah, it's very you know, depressing. and it's it's not. I don't. I mean, sometimes I want to go to that dark place. It, yeah. It's it's cathartic sometimes, but right. sometimes I just don't. So I mean, I I think if you're a Black Mirror fan, I think that you're gonna like it. I okay. just you know, I I think it misses the mark here and there, and that's okay. It can't always be perfect. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, the next one that I have for you is another Netflix original. Um, this is the series Slasher. And it is the season season yet. three. Um, Slasher is Canadian, and it it really does show just in kind of how they approach things, and uh, you just have to watch it to understand. Do you mean, but, do you mean as Canadians? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. Um, it, this season is all about. Um, there's a night where a guy is killed in the. Um, what do you call that thing? That's like it, where your apartment building surrounds it. Like, uh, um, like the garden, yeah, or like, like the the, uh, the courtyard, the courtyard. Okay, uh, a guy is killed in the courtyard, and pretty much it's the it's the classic story of nobody in the uh, nobody in the apartment building did anything. Everyone to save saw it him. happening, but nobody did anything about it. <gasps> Weird. And so then, there a year later, a slasher comes and starts dispatching of them one by one. And um, wow. I got I got to tell you, I've been mixed on the other two seasons. This season's real good, interesting, and it is gory as. Fuck. Can I watch okay. just this yes. season? They're an anth- it's an anthology, so each season okay. is a different story. Maybe I'll do that then. Um, I thought season one was eh. Yeah. Season two, I was a little more positive on. Yeah. Season three, I think I'd give a hearty thumbs up. Interesting. And, and the gore, if you are a gore person, you're going to have a good time because mm-hmm. this is some... This is some shit. I'm going to watch that. It's really... I think it's really good. I mean, I think some of the acting is... It, with all of these like original series, the yeah, acting sure. is it's a little waffly. Um, but overall, I still really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm going to watch that for sure. Am I on number two now? Uh-huh. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> what were the other... I, I, I'm already forgetting. Um, one fun one that um, I'm going to mention right now is um, I finally started watching Shit's Creek. Finally? Yeah. I've only been telling you for years now. Like, literally years. Um, I just... You know, I had a lot of TV going on, and Game of Thrones is finally over. Thank God. We can talk more about that later. About that <laughs> we don't shitty have to. <laughs> last episode that I hate with all of my heart. Um, but regardless, I'm watching Shit's Creek now, um, and I really, I like it. It's really funny. I love uh, fucking um, uh, uh, Catherine uh, O'Hara, Catherine O'Hara, and Eugene Levy, uh, they, and even Dan Levy. They're, they're all really good. I'm going to tell this you just is... just because you're in the first season. I'm going to tell yeah. you something. The child characters get better get so much better okay like because they're kind of side characters in i mean that i like season, them but, now but oh they get so much better but i mean this is i love any vehicle that allows Catherine o'hara to just be Exist. herself yeah. and she is 
so good in this. Yeah. That fucking, in, in the first season, if you can remember this, when she's doing the wine commercial. Oh my God, that's like one of my favorite episodes. Oh my God, it's so good. It's it's just brilliant. Just I wait until so hard with her. Later down the line where they settle into those characters <laughs> and they just go for it. Good. It is insane. I'm in for I it. I love it. Um, my last one here is going to be the now, maybe not in theaters anymore. Mm-hmm. Wasn't Was just in theaters. Um, Brightburn. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brightburn was uh, Elizabeth Banks. Um, it's basically Superman, but if Superman became an uh, asshole. Yeah, essentially. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but um, once again, with this one, I went in... I, I went in with like medium expectations because yeah. I was like, I kind of know what this movie is. Like it's pretty much told me exactly what it is. So, I mean, let's see how they do. Sure. Um, one thing that was very unexpected was the amount of gore that's in this movie. Huh. There is one part and I'm not giving anything away, but where a man's jaw is literally falling off of his face yeah. and it shows, it shows it. Um, it's very gory. Um, oh. It's, it's Okay. Yeah, I'd say it's one that wait till it wait till it premieres on HBO or something. Okay, uh, and then give it a watch because it's it's pretty straightforward. Um, I've heard rumors that this is trying to set up like its own universe yeah, with sure. like other evil villains. It's James Gunn who does. Um, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what is that? Ga- Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Um, we'll see if he gets that universe because I don't it's, think it. I don't J- think James oh. Gunn is is Tim Gunn's brother. Is that true? No, I'm joking. <laughs> I just wanted to freak you out for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> almost had my mind blown for a second. Um, but uh, I don't know if it'll get that universe just given how it did in theaters. Yeah, um, sure. But it's okay. I mean, it if, looks if, interesting. I would say, like I said, wait till it comes out. On, like you on said, theater, I'm, but... I'm going to wait for yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. But okay. What's your last one? Last one is Dead to Me. Um, um, I bet a lot of people have already watched this. I know we've I, tweeted out about it a lot. <laughs> I, yeah, and I binged the hell out of it. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, God, it's, they're it's, so good. It's Christina Applegate and what's the other person's name? Oh my God, I'm totally blanking. Can't, I can't recall her name, but regardless, whatever. Um, it's a great show. Uh, it's uh, And it's the tale of uh, a woman whose husband dies. Mm-hmm. And sort of just like all these strange connections that, the that, aftermath, that, that, yeah. that come from that. And he died um, by getting hit by a car. Yeah. So right. he's murdered, essentially. But, I mean, over the course of the season, you learn a, a lot. lot about... Don't everything. give anything away. Oh, not, not at all. But everything sort of unfolds. Um, and you just you watch the unfolding. It's one um, of those shows that the last five minutes kind of pull you in to have to watch the next episode oh, without you know what i mean <laughs> um and i think it's a good show that really talks about love and about grief and about um forgiveness and pain mm-hmm. in really good ways and Christina i, I think it's real good I, they're both I, really good. i think it, it might really be the good. best thing she's done I, th- I think she's really really oh good you mean this. don't tell mom the babysitter's dead is not a masterpiece no it's not i'm right on top of that rose uh, <laughs> yeah right right <laughs> Um, I, I think it's it's a, it's a wonderful show. If you have not watched it yet, I think you're probably going to like it. So, yeah. so give it a watch. Yeah. And James sure. Marsden still looks... Oh, my God. James Marsden, I still would do whatever you want me to do to you <laughs> or whatever you want to do to me. I don't, what, I don't care. What Anything. Death Becomes Her potion mm. is he taking? Mm. He's so... God, he's so good looking. <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous. I, I absolutely... I want to eat every part of his body. I have had a crush on James Marsden ever since Disturbing Behavior. I got... I, I, you know what? I want to tell you this right now. If you don't have a crush on James Marsden, I'm not really sure that you're welcome at our show. <laughs> you should probably... Just, you should stop listening and never come back. Yeah. Well, bitch. we don't want to lose listeners. That's so, fine. I no, mean... no. Yes, I do. <laughs> I will die on this hill. I'm joking. All right. I us. think that that's our What You've Been Watchings for this episode. I hope you uh, enjoyed what we've been watching, bitch. We're going to take a quick break and come back to uh, review the cult classic. 
the gay bed and breakfast of terror. That's a generous word for it. Listen, there's danger out there. You know the one that pretty smile right off your face. It's so cute. It's so gay Southwest folk. Watch out for the straights. Have you ever been with with a woman? Star. You better watch out for the straight. You ripped my sweater. They think sex is corrupt. When there's trouble, pass the buck. Uh, did you know the phones aren't working? I believe the lines are down. And man shall not lay with another man. You're sick. You're sick. Welcome back to Friday the 13th Horror Podcast, and we are moving on to our Horror in Media segment, and it's our annual, second annual Pride episode. I mean, it's going to be annual going forward anyway, but it's the second one anyways. Good intro. Yeah, thanks, everybody. <laughs> um, and we are talking about a couple of very queer movies yeah. today, and the first one is called The Gay Bed and Breakfast of Terror, and if you're wondering what that's about... <laughs> We're here to tell you all about this very strange, very quirky film from 2007, I believe. Mm -hmm. It ranks in at two stars on IMDb. Andrew, tell us all about (laughs) The Gay Bed and Breakfast of Terror. Okay, The Gay Bed and Breakfast of Terror is about a uh, bed and breakfast that is run by Helen and Luella. Uh, And they uh, run this by making mincemeat muffins and... Uh, positing this as a gay-friendly er- or gay-friendly um, bed and breakfast for people to seek refuge in, and we follow our uh, couples. There's five couples, and they are out in the desert because they are going to what can only be assumed to be some sort of pride <laughs> fest, right? Something, yes. um, and they all didn't make accommodations early enough to be in the city, so now they are stuck with the gay bed and breakfast of terror. Um, we follow each individual story of, as they go through their efforts. I don't know how to explain it. Um, there is also another subplot where there is a bastard child of a, of a hundred Republicans. Yeah. <laughs> who is basically a worm child. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're going to talk about all, all of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the basic plot. Um, there's really no notable cast um, except, <laughs> except for the, uh, the porn star. Um, there's a, there's a porn star in this movie. Is there? Yeah. Derek Long. Wait, which which one is it? I'm pretty sure he's the go-go boy. Oh, the the guy in the express shirt at the end? No, no. The one in the underwear. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's in his underwear. That makes The whole time. (laughs) I I didn't mind seeing him in his underwear. Um, but yeah, it's not really anybody of, of note. This is a movie that I think if you've seen it, you've seen it. If you haven't, um, 
Good luck finding it because it's pretty tough to find. It's you can uh, rent it on Vimeo for one ninety nine if you care to indulge. Yeah, um, Maddie, why don't you tell me some of the parts that you actually did enjoy about this movie? Yeah, because I always like to start with the positive. I I, I think it's a that's a good place to start, right? Um, I think um, there's a there's a couple of parts. Um, I enjoy the part where what's the drag queen's uh, name? Do you remember? Okay, there's okay. Listen, everybody, this. Usually we have everything down, um, but this is an eight-hour movie, for, first of all. Um, so there's a lot to keep track of, and eventually you just kind of stop keeping track of everything, to be and it's, perfectly honest. And it's very independent. Very, very indie. Shot literally, I think, on a camcorder um, for that like your mom had from like 95. But it's kitschy. But it's, it's, ki- it's kitschy, and, it, and honestly, it is fun. I'm just making fun of it There's right a now. lot of really funny parts. Yeah, totally. Um, so, you know, there are some parts that are really funny. I really liked when the mom was 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 killing the one person and she was like oh like killing i think his name is derek okay like the, the, the whoever's the sweater queen yeah like, that they were talking uh-huh. about yeah which i had also never heard that term before by sweater the way. set sweater queen <laughs> um so i was making fun of that all day yesterday um but Did you see uh, some sweater queens out in your <laughs> well it's funny my, my friend christian who is visiting total non-lgbt person he was saying sweater queens left and right yesterday too, which was hilarious. Uh, but regardless, um, the part where she's about to like kill him and like tell him that he's going to marry her daughter, um, she's like, "You're," uh, I forget what she says, but she's like, "You're never going to like feel like the the pull, the desire for another muscly man ever again." <laughs> I, I took a video of it and I sent it to you. Actually, I just thought it was really really funny. And the the other video that you sent to me was uh, "Mother doesn't want me to have oh yes. pretty lady friends." I mean, honestly, like pretty much any part where Luella was like just like talking to herself like that, mm-hmm. basically, I thought was really really funny. Yeah, so Luella is a basically a closeted lesbian yeah. in the movie, and her mother is the quintessential crazy right-wing crazy bitch bitch um who wants to lure in gay people and then dispatch of them in her various ways and uh, make them into mincemeat muffins make them into mincemeat muffins so that's and bury happens. them in the desert and then of course the other thing that i really loved about it was um the origin of manfred and so mm. manfred is the uh the devil child person thing in the house um, who like kills the people mm-hmm. and Manfred like will like eat you basically. Yeah, it's not really entirely clear, but that's he eats you. Um, and also like the bottom of his body is either a worm body, a mermaid body, it's like a cocoon. Yeah, or it's just one giant garbage bag. Yeah, or it's is, just a painted is, garbage bag that's painted many colors. <laughs> um, but regardless, Manfred, um, his origin story is that the mom, whatever her name is. Um, was at a Republican convention mm-hmm. and was basically gang raped by like a hundred um, Republicans. Republicans. And so Manfred, who is the killer um, with some crazy teeth, is the love child of this gang rape by a hundred Republican men and the mom. Um, and Manfred, um, he's a Republican. Yeah, he dispatches. But it all boils down to that, right? Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. Um, there is one part that I literally laughed out loud. It, it's towards the end when the two, um, I guess what you would call them in this movie, or how they referred to in a lot of the descriptions as like the lipstick lesbian couple. Um, yeah. There's a part where they're trying to escape with Luela, and they keep pushing her out of the way. 
and just the 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 body comedy there because she just goes flying <laughs> like yeah it just it cracked me up but um i also like when the drag queen and the and the one and the other performer are, are about to kiss outside of the, and the well, head <laughs> i've never kissed a man before well i've never kissed a woman before and then a head just drops down on them and they both yes. scream that was funny <laughs> oh god there's uh there's a lot of in the typical fashion of these um lower um indie films that are gay and in in, in in their way uh there's a lot of like forced sexual situations oh, big time. um there's a lot of boobs there's actually penises there there is penis in there a, a couple of times yeah and butts so you know you got to give them that that they were willing to go to that place i agree yeah um there's gosh what a, this movie i'm gonna tell you right now when we picked it um it was up to this in high tension yeah, uh, we, we chose de- this. We decided to choose this just because it was the stark contrast to our second movie in the episode. I went into this thinking, oh, I'll be able to watch this for free on YouTube. It's going to be 80 minutes. It's going to be nope. a quick watch. No, it's literally only on Vimeo. So if you want to pay one ninety nine, you can watch it on Vimeo. Um, and it's an hour and 50 minutes. Yeah, it's it's almost two fucking hours long. Yeah. And like I said earlier, it, it, I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it was fun to watch for sure. But it definitely feels like eight hours long. It wore out as welcome. Oh, my God. Because there's so much in the movie like that just needs to be cut out. There's right. so many pauses. There mm-hmm. are so many moments of like a character literally doing nothing where you're just like, motherfucker, what cut are you that doing? shit out. Yeah. You don't need it. This movie, this movie easily could have been 70 minutes long yeah. at the most. Right. Um, it did not need to be two hours. It's Like you said, it wears out its welcome after a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I... I love me an absurd, campy, ridiculous movie. I I love that kind of thing. This gets to the point where it's kind of like, okay, we just got to be done now. Yeah, there's a lot of characters to dispatch. There's of. So many characters, yeah. you know that, that that's part of the thing. Um, and we got to make sure everyone gets their like sexy time. Right. And like I don't know, it's it's a little forced. But what, what, did, um, what did you think of the end? Where okay, so at the end, it is where the drag queen and the performer kind of turn on the rest of the group, yes. right? And then they become the the um, hostesses at Basically. the at the be- gay bed and breakfast of terror. Yeah, um, sure. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I didn't want that one guy to die because he was so cute. Yeah, I know. I felt the same way. <laughs> but the, what's the, his name? The other sweater guy. <laughs> but what's his fucking name? I don't know. The only one I can remember because he's International Mr. Leather and his first name is Dom. And I'm like, seriously, are we being a little heavy handed? Vinny Marcus. <laughs> a little heavy handed with the uh, sexual dominance portion of being Mr. Leather and being named Dom. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a little much there. <laughs> but but I mean, we, 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 you know, we get the picture. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I mean, it was, it was fun to watch. It, you know, it, it's, it's not it, bad. It's a good time. You know, if if you're if you're literally not into, you have nothing else to watch, <laughs> nothing else at all. You may want to spend that two bucks on Vimeo and and make it happen. Or if you're like into that kind of like kitschy, very over the top, blood everywhere for no reason, guys in underwear dancing around, and you know you want to and and lesbians all over the place for sure. There's good representation in this movie. I'll there give is. you that. that. That is for sure. The not, only the not only a lot of people of color. The only whatever. level of the rainbow that's not really covered is uh, the trans community. But yeah, hey, it starts with the musical number. It does. So, you know, gay bed and breakfast of terror. Um, I'd say if you are um, 
under the influence of some certain substances that may be legal or you yeah, know let's just let's just say get high before you watch yeah this movie. sure get high i did uh, and it was it was more fun. Yeah. Um, or you know have a have a couple of drinks. You know do what you got to do. Yeah. It's your Pride Month, baby. You live your you live your truth. <laughs> so out of seven stripes, because here at Friday the Thirteenth we judge on a seven scale for the stripes of the rainbow for the LGBTQ community. Yeah. Um, what would you give the Gay Bed and Breakfast of Terror? Oh boy, I think I'm going to follow right along with the IMDb raters and give this a two and a half stars. Okay. Two and a half stripes. Two and a half stripes. Three and a half is halfway. Uh huh. I'll give it a three. I think. That's I think it's. Fair. I think it's. It is what it is. It doesn't set out to be anything more than what it is. It's not pretentious. And um, I think that they did everything they could do, probably with the budget that they were represent presented and, with, and that too. So yeah, I'm gonna give it a three. I think that's generous. I think that's nice. All right, so we'll come. We'll take a break, and we'll come back to uh, review our other movie today. That movie is What Keeps You Alive. All those people, they trusted you. I trusted you. I'm free in all the ways you're not. You're trapped by emotions. Weighed down by guilt. You are never going to do this again. I'm not going to let you do it again. Your conscience isn't a source of strength. your Achilles heel. My dad. He used to say to me, you only kill what keeps you alive. Welcome back, everybody. It's time to review our second movie of the episode. Today, we will be reviewing What Keeps You Alive. Maddie, why don't you give me a little description and some of the notable cast? Sure thing. So, uh, this is a story about... Um, about a lesbian couple celebrating their first anniversary. So one year. And uh, they go to uh, Jackie's uh, family cabin, um, cabin mm-hmm. lake house sort of thing. I believe it's in Canada, based on what she says. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Very remote. Right. And it's, um, it's the story of a relationship uh about and 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 how you really don't know who somebody is basically so until they show you right until they show you and so basically they get to this lake house everything seems perfectly normal um they're having a good time we should tell you that we are spoiler oh yeah yeah so this is the yeah, this we're gonna spoil the shit sure. out of this movie so if you haven't seen it don't watch the preview just go and watch the movie because right. we're here to tell you or i'm here to tell you i don't know what you're what you're here for but i'm here to tell you to go see this movie yeah see the movie um, but the, the, the couple is Jackie and Jules. And so Jules is, you know, when they get there, she's looking around, around the cabin. She's in love with it. She just, she loves being out in nature like this. It's just an incredible place. Blah, 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 blah. It's she says wonderful. something along the lines of like, can we just move here? Yeah. Can we she, just stay here? Yeah. She's like, I love this place more than, more than I love you. Like, mm-hmm. this is incredible right now. Um, and then very slowly, she starts to learn more and more about Jackie's past. And so um, when she, or, or who she also calls Megan, by the way, because mm-hmm. she's not sure what her real name is. And she finds that out when a neighbor drops by. A childhood she, friend. A childhood friend. And she calls Jackie Megan. Uh, no, she, excuse me. She calls Megan Jackie. And you're like, and, wait, what? And Jules is like, what? And so Jules, the next day, like they get into a, a little like canoe kind of thing. And they're, they're on the, the beautiful lake. It's idyllic. 
And she's like, and she just starts to like really question like who this person is that she's spent the, her last year with as, but that's, as, as a person. But also her wife is very convincing. And yeah. She, she knows how to tell a story, yeah. how to tell a tale to make someone believe it. And she knows Jules and she knows precisely how to manipulate her into believing what she needs to believe. Mm-hmm. And so slowly over the course of the rest of the film, she learns more and more. She learns about another childhood friend named Jenny. Um, who who mysteriously drowned in the lake? Mm-hmm. Um, she learns that the neighbor, whose name is uh, whose name is Sarah. Sarah, Sarah, and her husband Daniel. She learns from Sarah that um, there's the, the sort of mysterious consequences around Jenny's death, mm-hmm. and that um, and that Megan slash Jackie could be involved. She was the only one that was there, right? So. And so after she hears that, after Jules hears that, she goes back and and she she tells you know Megan slash Jackie about this. Um, after like you know Megan slash Jackie gave her like some shitty story about like oh well that was a name I used to go by like that kind of thing I wanted to start over yeah and she like falls for the whole thing right so then they go out for a hike after mm-hmm. all this right and they're just like out oh, for a hike as a couple and they're working through the things and she's like you know you know don't 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 believe that shit from everybody else like this is how it really happened believe me and so they're standing at this vista overlooking the lake this beautiful like just lookout. And like, you know, Jules is saying something and she turns around. She's like, oh, this is really beautiful. And then bam, fucking Megan slash Jackie, we'll just call her Jackie from this point forward, yeah. runs at her and pushes her over the ledge. It's and the terrifying. ledge is a good like 25, 30 feet high, maybe 50 feet high. And it's like a thing where if you fall off of it, you're probably going to die because there's rocks below. Yeah. Or at least you'll be like, you'll definitely be knocked fucking unconscious. Lord knows what. So that happens. And Jackie leaves, and she, like, goes back into the house, and you see her, like, getting herself ready, and she, like, burns the shirt she had on. She's, like, washing herself. She's mimicking, yeah. um, talking to the 911 operator. She's practicing what she's going to say to mm-hmm. the 911. So instantly you know, like, okay, this bitch has been planning this. Sociopath. Here we go. <laughs> and so then she goes out to go look for um, for jewels in the woods, and the story unfolds from there. Mm-hmm. It's a really interesting tale. It's a great allegory for relationships in general, I think, mm-hmm. and I think especially for LGBT relationships. Um, and it's a, it's a real thriller. Um, it's, it's a heart pounder. It's, it's a, it's a very tense film to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot happens. A lot Um, happens in a very condensed timeline. Yeah. It's not, it's not all that long. I believe it's shorter than the gay bread bed and breakfast of terror. (laughs) It definitely is. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so tell me what you liked about it. Um, so overall, I, I, overall, I really liked this movie. I think that where it really shines is in the acting. Yeah. Um, I think especially our two main girls, uh, they do a great job. There's a lot of, um, moments with each of them where they really have to show their chops as actors and, they pull it off. I think I'm speaking specifically to one point where um, the killer, the girl, the, the wife, Jackie, Jackie uh, is stalking. Um, I'm sorry. What's the other girl's Jules. name? Jules. She's stalking her after she has discovered that she, in fact, is not dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and she can't find her. And she's looking for her in the woods. And she's having these moments of like, oh, Jules, come out. Like, I'm I'm really sorry. It was all a big accident. And, and then she gets to a point where she gets so frustrated that she just is like, all right, that's it. We're not fucking around anymore. Yeah. Like, you need, you need to come out. No, like, we're, we need to get this done. Um, the, it's moments like that. And she has a monologue where she's talking about the, the bear that her yeah. father, or that she killed and then had to watch die. There's just a lot of good moments for the actors to really shine. And I even think I our, our, our neighbor actors are really good. I think they're really good. Given what they have to do yeah. for, the, for the thing. Like, there's a really great moment where 
Um, the neighbors have come over for dinner, but everything has already unfolded. But Jackie has pretty much told Jules, if you say anything, I'm going to kill them. I'll kill so them. So don't say anything. Yeah. And we'll just get through this night and then we'll talk about what we need to do next. Yeah. Um, and there's a moment, it's a very quiet moment, where she's she's outside with the husband. Yeah. Um, and she's looking in through the window and she realizes that Jules is telling yeah. her, the neighbor. And then she decides, well, now they got to die. Here we go. And then she slits the dude's throat outside. Mm-hmm. After the dude was just telling her, you know, my wife thinks you're a psychopath. Right. Like, come and on. They're like, <laughs> this, this can't be true. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, th- I think it's, um, I think you're right. The acting is, is really, really well done in the movie. Um, you know, I think that there are a few parts where the movie maybe suffers a little bit. Yeah, um, and no, I would agree. And there have been controversial opinions about what what Jules specifically does in the movie. And that's the part that <sighs> I kind of wanted to talk about, too, because so just to kind of level set where we're at yeah. in the movie, um, there is a part where the tables finally get turned. Finally. And Jules, after many opportunities, I might say, <laughs> uh, finally is able to subdue Jackie with a tranquilizer dart. Yeah. Um, she then does what you're supposed to do, runs to the truck and gets away and drives away. And has every every chance in the world of living and surviving. Or just going to the away. police. It, precisely. Um, and there's a moment where she stops and uh, nothing is said. So you don't really know what her motivation is. But she decides, I'm going to go back. Yeah. That's the one part in this movie that I find un characteristic um when you say that what, what, t- tell me more about, about what that means well i mean at this point in the movie uh jules knows that jackie wants to kill her yeah she has made every she's not made any uh, attempt to kind of subdue her in a way that would make you think maybe at one point things can be okay yeah sure. there's even a moment where jules gets literally on her knees and says please can we work through this like i I essentially don't want to die. Yeah. And the girl's like, I have no emotion. Yeah. Like, I, I don't care. Right. Like, this is what's going to happen. So when she finally gets her, wh- I don't understand why she would go back. I, I, I don't get it either. You know, and I, what I, I mean, I'm fine with it. I just don't get it. I mean, it is what it is, right? Yeah. Um, I, I guess that what, what helps me through that is thinking about how this movie is an allegory about relationships. And just thinking about, you know, the, all the times that you go back to the wrong person. Like a circle of abuse type thing. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I guess like in that sense, it makes sense to me. But that's that's also sort of like a little bit like esoteric thinking about the film. Yeah. I, I, I think in general, like, does does it work in the movie? No. It, yeah. It doesn't right. work in the movie. Um, you know, I, I remember a, a Twitter conversation we had uh, some months ago about this particular film. Um, and one just sort of nasty person, like talking about like how like... Well, she went back. That means she deserves whatever she got. Blah 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 blah. And I was like, motherfucker, you clearly you've never been in, a, in, in an abusive relationship before. Number right. one, nobody des- deserves anything anything that they get, whatever the fuck that means. But number two, like you know, if you're if you've ever been in this sort of bad cycle relationship, you do go back. Mm-hmm. You do want to go back and just be like have things be whatever normal normal meant to you. Sure, you know what I mean. So like I guess I just wish that it I wish it had been different in the film. Yeah, though. I guess I just so I was trying to explain how I would fix that. Yeah, and my whole thing is, hey, how about she goes? We're in a very remote area. Yeah, you know, there's only going to be 
a handful of cops in the area. Right, so sure. it's not going to be like a full on investigation. You're maybe going to come back with like one or two cops. Yeah. And I say, have her come back with that one or two cops and they find uh, Jackie and she's like, no, 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 this is how it happened. She tranquilized yeah. me and they get into a, a big argument and then she kills the police. Right. And sure. then we can, and then the movie can go on from there. Like that's, yeah. that's literally the fix right there. I mean, or but, just, or just don't have it happen. Yeah. Like don't, don't have that part happen and then end with the ending as it was anyway. Yeah. And figure that out. But I don't think that was necessarily needed. I know. I agree. Um, the only other, I was trying to think of this earlier uh, and I kind of alluded to it, but she has so many opportunities so many. to get her. Yeah. I don't, why do you think she is? You think she's just frozen in some sort of terror? Um, there's like a specific moment too, where they're in the boats and she's rowing across to get away. Yeah. She's going to the neighbor's house and Jackie being the seasoned rower because she grew up here yeah. uh, catches up to her and they're literally almost at the docks yeah. with and the husband of the friend comes out and he's like hey guys how's everything going and she's literally covered in blood yeah. and she's like D- if you say anything I'll kill him and I'm like that's gonna take a lot not from right the boat now, you won't bitch right? and how does he not see that she's covered in they're not that far yeah. away so I, I do not think this is a perfect movie. Is it? Oh God, no! Is it really well made? Is it entertaining? Is it well acted? Yeah, all of those are a yes. Yeah, yeah, I think so. There's some choices that I just plainly just don't understand, just, and and yeah. just you know, frankly, in some cases, don't agree with. Um, like and, why is she fine. why is she obsessed with throwing her off this cliff you can literally kill her any other way i i the, the, well that is actually a, a point to bring up is, is about the killer about jackie mm-hmm. is one thing that i don't like about this movie is how inured she is with with herself on her own psychotic nature i think that she's a little too into that she's a crazy bitch yeah you know what i mean and like for me i was just kind of like eh Crazy. And her mo- her motivation is literally for life insurance money. Yeah, right, right. And, like, crazy people don't know that they're crazy necessarily. Like, crazy people just behave. So, like, a, a serial killer isn't, like, going to, like, pick you up and go, I love being a serial killer. Yeah, sure. Like, they just kill you because they don't know what else to do. Like, sure. it's, like, literally... Ingrained. For, it's ingrained. And for her, for, for her, I mean, we don't know her psychology, but we can gather that, like... Obviously, Jackie has a very serious mental illness problem she's had since she was a child. It's but it's likely, interesting how self-aware she is. Of- she's so self-aware. Mm-hmm. And it's likely that her, maybe her father did, too, and taught her mm-hmm. things. Like, who, you know, we, we can go on and on. But a little too self-aware about her own um, psychosis. And I don't think that that was helpful for the movie, either. There's mm-hmm. one particular moment where she um, is first looking for, for, um, for Jules. And she like has the flashlight, she's out at night, and then she puts the flashlight up at her face, and she goes, maybe she's having some sort of psychotic break. Yeah. And I was like, okay, okay. don't necessarily need that. I, it would have been better served, I think, if the writing had been such that like maybe she like says something there that is just like what she would say normally but to us we find it kind of like disturbingly funny yeah you know and it would have just been like a disturbingly funny thing that's that's sort of like under you know it's like an undercurrent of it it's not like banging you over the head with it yeah which and i think that that's what it comes down to is over and over again we just get sort of beaten over the head that like she's crazy a crazy killer yeah um and you know once again i still like this movie quite a bit and i think you know we it's pretty brutal it's very brutal and as i think as lgbt people too i think that we deserve more horror movies that are about us yeah and especially about like a lesbian couple that's just like a lesbian couple yeah no one else 
in the movie world in the world of the movie cares about it like the neighbors don't care no one no one gives a fuck like they're just they've been married and they've been married for a year and it's anniversary time Mm -hmm. there you go that's all that it is yeah it just happens to be that one of them is also a serial killer (laughs) so there whoops (laughs) yeah so you know i think in the world of lgbt specific horror films i think this is a pretty damn good one yeah it's a good um chapter in that in that uh realm right um, speaking of that though yeah. did you know that this film was originally written for a straight couple oh i don't think i did isn't that interesting when did they decide to make it a lesbian couple just before filming began the man that was hired to be the jackie um, okay so I, I don't know what his name would have been yeah sure maybe it would have been jack, jack. <laughs> who knows um but the man that was that was hired to play uh that role had i, I think he got like hired to do a tv show so he was going to be completely gone for a long time yeah. um so uh i don't know the full process here but the director um chose to hire a woman instead um, and so uh, it's interesting to think about, and I don't know what changes were made in the script. I just, I mean, we don't really know about that stuff, but yeah. it is interesting to think about like, if this were a man and a woman, how would the dynamics work for that? So let me get this straight. The man would have been the killer. As far as I know. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, that's very, I think it would have diminished kind of, well, maybe not. I don't know. I think it may have just diminished kind of how they interact with each other because then it becomes a, a power dynamic yeah, exactly. and it becomes more of a, a sex issue. A gender thing. Yeah, yeah, so I think it might have hurt a little bit, but there's a movie very similar to this yeah. that, that has that. It's called Revenge. Revenge, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it's a very similar, not similar setup. It's it's they're, They share the same is it, is topic. It, yeah, is it like a thing? Well, I've, I've they both get pushed before. off a cliff and yeah, then yeah, have yeah, to yeah, yeah. get right. back at the people that did it to them. I mean, <laughs> essentially. I, I, I think in the end, like the most important part of this movie for me was was once just once again going back to relationships because you know I I've been through this before. Mm-hmm. You know, you have, we all have, mm-hmm. right? You get with somebody and you realize that you never knew this person. Yeah, they're not the person you thought they were. Just never, and yeah. like, and that is like one of the scariest things about relationships, right? Is that giving yourself over you can give yourself over and honestly you don't know who you're giving yourself to you Mm -hmm. really don't and in the end it could be such that they are lying about literally fucking almost everything yeah and that is a terrifying thing there is a the moment that took my literally took my breath away was Mm. when she initially does push her off the cliff yeah because they're having such like a an important conversation and they're it's it's very caught off guard and then yeah. all of a sudden she just like laps her off that yeah. mountain and you're just like wait what what the fuck well that, that that's that's how it is right it's like yeah. you know if somebody like that breaks up with you mm-hmm. it's it feels like you're getting tossed off a cliff all of a sudden it's like yeah what the fuck? sure what what the fuck just happened you know how do you nowhere. feel about the last frame of the movie uh with the trees where do you and then you have that moment where it could be interpreted that it's a gasp <gasps> yeah. or how do you, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I, I guess, um, um, I mean, I like the way that, 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 that it bookends. I think that's, you know, that's a it, directing one one kind of thing, right? Like, like end with the, with the first image. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, good on you. Um, the last breath thing though, I mean, let's face it. It sounds like a breath. So nothing in the movie, uh, except for Jackie's like own essential being, Nothing lied to me, you know, nothing, yeah, there was sure. no, nothing in the movie where it was like, well, was it that? No, it was that like, it, it's right there. So if I hear a breath, it's a breath. And so I think that, that what that must mean is that Jules is still alive. Okay. Uh, and so I hope that that is, um, the case. 
Um, yeah, it's just it's just interesting. And maybe you know, going back to the title, what we you know, we'll go back to the, the thought in the movie: you kill what keeps you alive. Well, she just killed what has now kept her alive. Yeah, I don't know. I. What do you think? I mean, I didn't think it was needed to be honest with you. I didn't. Think I so think either. that that very dark ending yeah. where she ultimately you know is dead but gets her revenge yeah. by putting hydrogen peroxide in her um, insulin insulin. Um, I think that's I think that's a really interesting angle, and yeah. I think the way that it happens is really good. And there's that bear moment, and yeah. it, there, there's a lot of really good in that. Right, and it's so dark and yeah. disturbing, and you get the video of her explaining what she did, and I think that's way stronger than to give you at the end uh, a, a this kind of like ho- I guess hopeful quote unquote moment. Yeah. Um, I don't think I just don't think it's needed. I, I would agree with you. I think what the director could have possibly thought about here is um, the director weaves in classical music here and there mm-hmm. throughout the movie. Um, I think that's a wise choice. I think it's a wise choice for anybody that is creating theater or film to think about how classical music can can help you in telling your story because classical music is is the sort of the perfect tool to help you tell a story. It's it's repetitive. It's long. Mm-hmm. Um, there are themes in it. There's no words. Yada yada yada. Um, what I wish the director would have done, though, is instead of sort of like like picking and choosing, like actually pretty famous pieces of classical music here and there, I would have preferred that they um, uh, imbue the film throughout the entire thing with it. Okay. And I would have preferred, I don't, I don't need to hear a breath at the end. I don't really care if she's alive or dead at the end, to be completely honest with you. It doesn't matter. We're not going to get a sequel. Yeah, so after this, it doesn't yeah, really like... matter. Um, I would have rather heard like a, a classical music piece bringing us out mm-hmm. at the end and a classical music piece bringing us into the film. I would have bookended it that way personally. Um, but you know, I guess if she's alive, cool. Did you know that these two have shared an acting, uh, acting in the same movie before this? Really? Yeah. They were both in jigsaw. Oh, no way. Yeah. They both played, one of them played a victim and one of them hmm. played like a police officer. And I guess I didn't um, realize they that. didn't share any screen time in that movie. Um, but they were both from that same movie. So that's a little, piece what, of what year was that? Jigsaw just came out like two years ago. So this, this would have been about the same time then because this, yeah. this officially came out in 2018. Yeah. And then also the girl who plays Jackie is also on the Purge TV series. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Which I still haven't watched, by the way. I think it's good. It's, it's better than most of the movies. Yeah. I, I, uh, well, that's not all that hard to do. <laughs> um, um, but that, yeah, that's, that's interesting. So overall, I think we would definitely say go and give What Keeps You Alive a watch it's now in grand fashion on Showtime On Demand. Literally came on Showtime the day after my Blu-ray arrived. So seriously, yeah, God damn. not even kidding you. I swear to God, <laughs> the curse continues. I swear to God, if the Gay Bed and Breakfast of Terror shows up on one of these damn streaming sites, I am going to lose my lid. <laughs> if, if it does, seriously, this podcast is over. <laughs> Um, and for those of you that don't know, we have like this curse of like we will like think about we have everything mapped out for months now, right? Yeah, including the films that we're going to talk about. And so like there, there's just this problem, this curse of ours, where like we're we're about to go, like get ready to watch it for, for the next it. episode, and then it's no longer free on anything. And mm-hmm. then sure as shit, in the next month, that motherfucker goes free on some motherfucker i blame it on alexa i think she's oh my listening God. to us it's really annoying for us because <laughs> you know if, listen after a while those nickels and dimes add up over the year mm-hmm. you know what i mean and we don't ask for any money from any of our from our, Never. our listeners we, we don't so want to do that we're paying for this yeah so it's, it's just, like it's can you just throw us a bone like, 
own yeah, every once in a while. Come on. Jesus. All right. Tangent over. Um, what do you give What Keeps You Alive out of seven strikes? Sure. I'm going to give uh, What Keeps You Alive four and a half. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I, I don't want to go. I'm, I'm trying to be a little more judicious with how I rate things anymore. Sure. I think I've been too generous in the past. And I think four and a half is a, is a good one for this one. And the mm-hmm. reason why I think so is because it's it's well above average. I think yeah. it's, I think it's a really good movie. There are some issues that I have with it, mm-hmm. and you know, and when we've we've uh, we've talked about them, but I don't think that any of those issues are such that you shouldn't see this movie. I yeah. think especially if you're LGBT and you haven't seen What Keeps You Alive yet, you should. It's really good. I think it deals with relationship issues in a really interesting way um, through murder, mostly. <laughs> um, but it's going to make you think about your own relationships and your own life. And I think um, that alone is a reason to see this film. Yeah, I'm going to come in a little higher. I had I, I liked this movie quite a bit, yeah. um, apart from the issues that we talked about. Right, right. Um, I didn't have as big of an issue with the um, psych, the psycho, I guess, if you want to yeah, call sure. her that. Um, I didn't have any, as much of an issue with her self-awareness that you did. I guess yeah. I just didn't. I didn't. I honestly just didn't really think yeah, about yeah, it. Sure. Um, so I'm going to come in at a 5.5. I like that. Yeah. I, I'm think, just I, think those are two, I think those are two good scores for it. I definitely say it's a, um, it's a great movie that definitely got overlooked. And yeah. I think a lot of people owe it to go back and give it a watch. I agree. So, all right. Well, we will take our last break and we'll come back with our hottie of the episode. Who's going to be the hottest one we talk about? Shantae, you stay. 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 Welcome back to our final segment, which is Hottie of the Episode. Hottie of the Episode. And basically this is <laughs> I don't know where, where that came from. I'm sorry. <laughs> I kind of liked it. Um, it's Pride Month. You do you, honey. Um, and, you know, this uh, is where we tell you um, who we think is the hottest in the people that we talked about on the episode, basically. Yeah. Um, so we're just each going to pick one of the people that we think is the hottest. Yeah, sure. Do you want to go first? You want yeah, sure. So the hottie of the episode for me is Jules from What Keeps You Alive. Uh, I have reasons. Um, first of all, it's because... I have my reasons. Yeah, right. Um, I'm on a journey. Um, it's mostly because I guess Jules kind of reminds me a little bit of me, really. Um, of course. Well, think. she does kind of. like. I mean, honestly, like I listen, I do not have the best taste in men. Let's just face it. Y'all have heard about this before. Um, I could do a lot better in... Um, Maybe thinking about who I spend my time with mm-hmm. and like how I spend that time. Um, and I'm also like really bad about like, you know, giving them passes on a lot of shit. Sure. So, so um, played by uh, Brittany Allen Brittany is her Allen, name. Yeah. Um, you'll notice her. She has a couple of other good movies out there. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say Jigsaw is one of them because I just don't like the Saw movie yeah, very much. Sure. But um, uh, there's also another movie called It Stains the Sands Red. Oh. Uh, it's a zombie movie. Um, Interesting. And she she is one of the only people really in the movie for the majority of it. And huh. she's hunted down by a single zombie. Oh, my God. Um, and they're out in the desert. And if you think about that for a second... Huh. A zombie is never going to run out of energy. A zombie never has to sleep. A yeah. zombie never has to go to the bathroom. But a person out in the desert does. Yeah. And so it deals with her trying to be pursued by this zombie. And I, it's actually really good. That's I definitely, crazy. Yeah, it, yeah. I definitely want to see that. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's my choice. Um, mostly because she reminds me of me. Um, and that's why she's my hottie of the episode. <laughs> also, she's really good looking too. Yeah. Um, I am actually going to go with Jackie. From oh my God. The opposite. Yes. Wow. Um, I think she's, I are think you like, she, because she reminds me of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I am, because I am a sociopath. <laughs> 
um, no, I just think that she does a great job here acting. She's very beautiful. Yeah. Um, I, I've enjoyed pretty much everything she's been in. And um, I, I just literally couldn't pick anybody else because uh, the the over-sexualized nature of the gay bed and breakfast of terror didn't leave me yeah. wanting much. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, it completely makes sense. And when, yes. you get, when you get lines like, you tore my sweater, yeah, it doesn't right. really make me want to like, Sweater queen. Getcha. You know? Yeah, I completely agree with um, you. So I'm going to go with Jackie, who is played by uh, Hannah Emily Anderson. Yeah, I was going to say Anderson yeah. is, is the last name. So, Well, wow. That's interesting. So Both um, picked women on the Pride episode. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of into it. <laughs> oh, where are we going with this crazy journey? Well, I don't know, but I, I, I'll tell you this. It's, it's, um, it's pretty cool. We just did our second annual Pride episode. That means we're over a year and a half old. I know. Um, and it feels pretty damn good. And um, I don't know. It's just, it's neat. Yeah. And I'm so glad that we've met so many LGBT people. I'm so and So glad. many allies. Oh my God. And completely. Just people have been very supportive. And that's, yeah. I don't want to say that's surprising, but it's just um, overwhelming, I guess is the right yeah. word for me. I think it's a little surprising for me. You think? You know? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's surprising to me that we found this community. We just didn't really know. We didn't know was codified in such a way that we would ever find it. Sure. Right. And so I guess that's the surprising part for me. Um, and we're just so happy to be a part of it. Every, every time we get on Twitter, which is every day, all day long, I know we're so like pleased to speak with people and so pleased yeah. to interact and so pleased to just like be a part of this with you and to, um, to be welcomed in by all of you as family is, is a really beautiful thing. Yeah. We're, we're, I, we're really uh, proud of you and we're really, we're really um, uh, proud to be loved by you and we're really proud to be in this family, this weird family that we have together. Sure. It's, like, it's just an amazing thing for us. And, really and to is. all the people that have reached out for guest spots or for to help you know, push out their um, books and artistry and everything, you know, we're trying really hard to get to all that oh, stuff. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. There's only so much time in the day, and and originally when we started this podcast, we we were we said to each other once a month. That's yeah. it. That's all we're doing once a month. Well, now that's turned into three times a month, yeah. four times a month, even sometimes five times a right, month. Right. Sure. Um. And so just bear with us. We're doing our best, and oh, um, yeah. we both have full time jobs. We both do a lot outside of this. Oh, yeah. So um, we're trying to get to everything, but just give us a little time. And we appreciate your patience. And on that note, if you have not yet uh, reviewed us on iTunes, if you could just go on to the iTunes podcasts mm-hmm. and just tap that five-star review. If you want to leave some words of encouragement, yes. please go do so. But it really, really helps us get in front of that weird-ass algorithm that um, Apple has. I know we do this every episode, but it's so helpful to well, yeah. get those reviews. And just like point it out again, like, you know, we're, we're, we're really proud that we're ad free. Mm-hmm. We're really proud that we, uh, we don't do a Patreon to like, you know, make this happen. We just like do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, other people have different models and that's, uh, everything is good. You know what uh, I mean? Whatever you want to do. It's your, your but thing. like for us, it's just, it's really important that any content that we put out there is just free for you. Mm-hmm. And it's just there and it doesn't have a bunch of fucking ads in it. So, and we just want you to support that. And, so and this is how you can, can help us yeah. instead is just by leaving that review so that more people find out about it. So thank you in advance for doing that if you've already done it thank you so much we really love all of you out there we're so happy to bring you this pride episode and get and at to... us on those social medias oh yes please. we want to hear from you come on facebook baby. twitter 
and remember Instagram to, maybe I'm not I don't really understand Instagram yeah but that's it's, it's cool. a weird place but just you know there, there are photos there right right um, and you know if you're LGBT we hope you have a great time this month you deserve every bit of happiness that that you can possibly find especially during Pride Month mm-hmm. if you're not LGBT we really need your help in making sure that the Equality Act passes so once again just to hit on this if you can call your senators at the Capitol in fucking whatever it's called the Capitol building in Washington D.C. <laughs> Um, call in your, your city. U.S. Yeah. senators. Mm-hmm. Call them and tell them that you demand that they pass the Equality Act mm-hmm. and tell them why it's important to you. We need that help. Yeah, absolutely. So, as always, whenever we get done uh, closing out the show, we encourage you to get, get slayed. slayed.